What is going on, everybody? Welcome into this episode of the Drink Up College Rugby Pod. I am Zach. As always, I am here with Colby, Colby Marshall. Colby, you, for the viewers out there, you know, uh, who check us out on YouTube. Okay, now you're repping. I was going to say before, though, sun's out, guns out. Colby's rocking the tank on the pod, but now he's holding up. Uh, yeah, he's he's ready. To, you're ready to go, Colby. I-O-N-A, 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 I-O-N-A. He's got the dope Iona jersey previewing a little bit what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, Colby yes, on the pod. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very excited about the NCR rankings that just dropped. We're going to get into a lot of that today. And Iona does feature on those. Uh, we won't say where. We won't give it away. I mean, people have probably seen it maybe outside on Twitter now, but we'll go through those. Um, but, yeah, Iona up there. Colby, excited about this year? Excited to get some rugby back in your life, huh? College um, rugby? You know, I was looking at the schedule, and I think I'm going to make a trip down to Springfield, Massachusetts, because my sister goes to Springfield College up there, and Iona is going to be playing. American International College on October 7th at Springfield, which is like five. The field is about around five minutes from her campus. We played back when I was a player on that field. And so I'm looking forward to making that trip to check them out. Very excited about the team. Very excited about the team. I mean, they're, it's, it doesn't surprise me that they're high up on that list. I mean, led by Bruce McLean, they're a team that has built a great sevens program that I think attracts a lot of athletes at the high school level and so i'm not surprised not surprised at all that sounds like a great game against aic though uh maybe we, we do a little maybe we can get a little live pod from there or something we get a little i don't know and also you, sh- you can't give away your you know your plans like that as a celebrity at iona colby you, you're gonna get mobbed now at the game you got to go incognito to those so before we get into those college rankings though colby i know you're raring to talk about iona let's Start with the big container, our segment that'll focus on some news from around the rugby world. We'll start with uh, something that doesn't have any college implications necessarily, but is super exciting. The U.S. wheelchair rugby Olympic team won their opening match against New Zealand last night, 63 to 35. Uh, and they play again tonight at 1030 against Canada in the Paralympics. 10.30 tonight being Wednesday, depending on when we get this pod edited and out. Uh, but if you are listening, make sure you're watching those games as they compete for their gold medal in the, in the Paralympics, the wheelchair rugby team. Next thing up, you know, this has a little bit more of implications to the college game, Colby, as you might you know, see some of the athletes who played in college or played in the spring sevens teams start joining some squads here. The USA Rugby announced that they have sanctioned Premier Rugby Sevens or PR Sevens as the highest level of domestic sevens rugby in the U.S. So this is a new league that they're trying to launch that will be sevens only. You know, they've already signed a few Olympians who are going to play from the men's and women's side. And USA Rugby has basically just said, you're the top dog in the sevens game in the country. We support you. We support your talent pathway programs, the talent transfer project, as well as, you know, your first championship is going to be in Memphis in October. That'll be the official USA sevens championship at, at the pro level um so you know it, it's it's exciting to see that they're getting the support for pr sevens and i'm really excited to see kind of what that league does uh going forward very exciting and they're gonna have tryouts for that pr sevens league in 2021 on september 12th in memphis i believe zach uh at times for that tryout is has yet to be determined but very exciting to see a sevens program domestically uh, start to evolve in the U.S. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, they're looking for people, you know, athletes to to fill out those rosters. They announced the teams a little while ago. I don't have those in front of me, but you know, and as I said, they signed some Olympians already. But you got to fill out a whole roster for a bunch of different teams. You can't do that with just Olympians. So they're going to need you know some other uh, standout athletes. So it'll be really cool to see who holds their hand up and you know who surprises uh, at that level. But you know, in other news, kind of in the college game, Notre Dame College has set up their, they've now made their director of rugby operations, Jason Fox, who was also their men's coach. So he now will do both. He'll be the coach for the men's side there and he'll be the director of rugby operations. And they hired Jack Neese to head coach uh, the women's program there at Notre Dame College. We'll talk about Notre Dame College a little bit later as well as they figure into these rankings also. Uh, But, you know, you're starting to see some of their coaching structure crystallized on that side. And then finally for me, you know, Penn State, it would, they talked uh, the other day, the athletic director there said they're looking to add another women's varsity program to fulfill their Title IX obligations. So they currently have 16 men's varsity programs and only 15 women's programs. So they're saying, you know, that's a possibility for their rugby program, the women's side, obviously very successful at Penn State, to get made an official NCAA varsity sport. They'll be competing with other sports. You know, it's possible that it will be crew. It's possible that it'll be wrestling, uh, but hopefully it'll be rugby. You know, we're starting to see that movement. Princeton is making their women's rugby team a varsity sport starting in the 2022-2023 season. Uh, so, it, you know, it's it's nice for these schools if they're looking to make an elevated program on the women's side to that varsity level to, you know, fulfill a title line obligations or because they're very successful. Um, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to see these rugby programs make it. For sure, especially after seeing what the women were able to do in the sevens landscape in the Olympics. You know, you want to see more programs out there at the college level. You want to see more exposure for them so that they continue to get the top players so that they can compete at the high level. Because I'm, we have the athletes. There's no doubt about that. So we just need, you know, everybody to get more exposure. Yeah, I think it only helps the sport and, you know, at the state at both sides uh, to have – these programs kind of elevated to the, this, you know, varsity varsity level. Um, but are you ready now, Colby, to, to kind of hop into these rankings? You, you pumped up about it? I was born ready, born ready. <laughs> I, I woke up ready to talk about this, Zach. I woke up ready to talk about this. I didn't even sleep. I didn't even sleep. I was so pumped about it. Uh, so I couldn't even wake up ready because I was just already awake. So just to top you on that. I mean, how cool is it to see Iona at third? I, I was <laughs> – I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised, but then again, not surprised because of the fact that we are the Iona Gales, the dominant force in college rugby. Yeah, so before we get into the specific rankings, I just want to say off the top, these rankings came from NCR or National Collegiate Rugby, which is a kind of a governing body under the USA Rugby banner, obviously, but they are a governing body that hosts different rugby conferences. So we're going to go through these rankings, and these are only teams that play in conferences that are under the NCR banner. So there is also the CRAA, or the Collegiate Rugby Association of America, that, you know, runs a couple of different conferences as well. And then there are independent teams. So you won't see in this ranking, for instance, the 2019 National Champions Life or other perennial powerhouses like Cal or Lindenwood on the men's side because they play under the CRAA or they're independent completely. So it's a little bit, you know, complicated on, on the college side. For the women as well, you know, we're going to go through the, the rankings for those schools at the D1 level, but there is even a division that's higher than D1, which is called D1 Elite, and that has Life, Lindenwood, Penn State, 
Central Washington University, and then BYU for, I believe, just postseason play. So those teams won't figure into these rankings either, and they kind of play their own schedule against each other. But these are the top teams that are D1 schools that play in the NCR. So still, you know, really top-tier talent. Um, we're going to go through all of those schools. Uh, Colby, so you want to run through just real briefly, Colby, the, the men's top 10, and we can get start breaking that down? Yeah, so in the men's top 10, we have Cutstown at number one, Penn State at two, Iona at number three, St. Bonaventure <laughs> at four, Notre Dame College at five, Dartmouth at six, Virginia Tech at seven, Queens College at eight, Mount St. Mary's at nine, and the University of Notre Dame at 10. So, I mean, what do you think about cuts down at the top there, Colby? We know they already lost some of those really solid guys ahead in the 2019 roster, like DeMonte Noble and Aaron Gray. Um, but, you know, are, are they that dominant? Are you, were you shocked by them coming out at number one? Not at all, Zach. I mean, they're a team led by Doc Jones, who kind of like Iona and Bruce McLean, they're always going to get uh, at this point after building up such. Obviously, cuts down have many more years of success than Iona. Uh, and so they're always going to get those top talents out of high school. Everybody knows about Cutstown. They're going to get the top prospects. And so I'm not surprised, even with the loss of the likes of an Aaron Gray and DeMonte Noble, that they're at the top. We don't have an official schedule for them yet, but um, they've built up signature wins over the years in recent memory against Penn State, St. Bonaventure, Notre Dame. And so not not a surprise to see them at number one at all. Yeah, they were really dominant to close out that last year of actual 15s game play in 2019, only losing to Navy that year by only four points. And like you said, you know, just dominating teams throughout that, winning the Vegas Invitational Rugby Tournament by beating Air Force uh, 43 to nothing. That was in February of 2020 before the entire world kind of imploded um, and, you know, the college rugby scene was shut down on the 15 side. So they were on a tear. Uh, they have not. You know, again, like you said, they they have they still have talent. A lot of the you know major talent from that team, only losing a few of their playmakers. So we'll see if they can restock it and kind of claim that that title. Yeah, and I I do eagerly await kind of their official schedule release. I know they have a couple games that uh, I'm I'm circling on the calendar, uh, but it'll be interesting to see you know where they go from there. Uh, Penn State in at number two, you know, does not shock me either. We saw a lot of guys. From that Penn State roster, either you know put their hand up and, and ultimately get drafted in the MLR draft this year, Colby. So they are a talented team. They did lose a few of those stars, but you know Penn State seems to be a program that always kind of has those bodies as well. Yeah, and while they are losing a lot of key guys, Zach, that you mentioned that have entered into the MLR draft, they are returning their leading try scorer from 2019 and winger Jesse Capriotti, who had eight scores on the wing for them that year. So. Like you said, they're going to have bodies. Penn State, they're a program that has the history of being a dominant rugby club, so I'm not surprised to see them at number two. Yeah, they they had a rough kind of end to the 2019 season after starting strong, losing consecutive matches to Kutztown, Davenport, and then Navy as well. And you mentioned Capriotti. You know, he, he'll be on that team still again, the senior leader for that team. His older brother, Thomas Capriotti, the hooker, who was their second leading scorer, went in that MLR draft. He was drafted by San Diego in the second round. You know, and again, you know, those other names like Anthony Adamchek, Christian Alvarez, who didn't actually play for them in that 2019 season, uh, but was a scrum half on that squad. And then Lobby Coilarby as well taken, you know, and, and their fly half, Connor De La Pina, actually declared, but wasn't chosen by a team in that draft. Um, you know, but to lose someone at that fly hat position, he kicked seven conversions for that team as well. 
fortunately for them, you know, they have Dalton Musselman to, to take over that fly half duties full time, I believe. Um, so again, yeah, this is, you know, this is a team that, that has lost some senior leadership and some really quality players, but, but they have, you know, a, a lot to, to put on the table coming up uh, in this, in this season now. And, you know, they have uh, we'll look again forward to those games and their official schedule release when they put that out as well. Um, but now we come to the big one, Colby at number three, Iona sitting here, you know, this is, this is uh could be a big year for them. A lot to live up to for the Gales. The last time we took the field, Zach, we were fielding a team that had John Powers and Connor Buckley at 10 and 9. And we're not having that, along with many other players that we lost. Watson Filigatonga, myself, was on the wing in 2019, Zach. That's how long ago that was. So wow, oh my god! We're going to see a lot of new guys for Iona this year. Cam DiGiorgio is going to be a key cog in that team. He's going to be a senior. He has been exceptional at the 15s level, is an All-American, uh, you know, has been an All-American, has been featured on the sevens team in the CRC. So Cam DiGiorgio is going to be a key player for them. And Connor Buckley's little brother as well is supposed to get a lot more playing time this year, Brendan Buckley. We saw him against Navy in 2019 when Connor exited with an injury. He stepped up and really spearheaded us to win that game. He had, I think, a try and, and one assist in that game, actually. So Brendan Buckley, expect him to get a lot of action. He's entering his sophomore season, and he has a lot to live up to. You know, he's got his bigger brother to look up to and to, you know, I think Brendan, he's his own player, so he's not going to you know, obviously uh, try to beat Connor. Uh, not that he should, but it'll be it'll be fun to see what uh, Brendan can do. I think they're going to slot him in at the ten at fly half, while you know Connor played scrum half. I think he'll be a fly half, so we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, those are some big shoes to fill there, and interesting to see you know whether that transition will work out to that ten spot. You know, it's always tough to go into a season kind of with a, a fresh fly half, but. Again, he's got he's got you know, those. Good... He might play scrum half. I think AJ Vialati will play fly half for them. But I, I I'm I'm pretty. He he could play either or. He could play scrum half or fly half. That's even better. You know, it's good to have that that flexibility, that option as, as with a backup ten. So you know, and it'll be good for Buckley to kind of get that uh, that experience as well. It's interesting to see the college level. There are a lot of sibling kind of pairs as well. We mentioned the Capriottis. In the other one, you know, they lost Thomas Capriotti at Penn State, but the the younger, the youngest Capriotti brother, I believe, is coming in to Penn State as a freshman this year as well. So a good Capriotti dynasty there at Penn State. And you'll have a Buckley dynasty here at Iona, it looks like. Oh, yeah, definitely will. So, yeah, I, looking like a big year for, for the Gales here. Hopefully they'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Number four on our list here, St. Bonaventure coming in. Uh, you know, they had an interesting 2019-2020 season. They had some big wins over Notre Dame College, Mary Washington, and the aforementioned uh, Iona Gales. Colby, your Iona Gales in 2019-2020. But then they ended up losing to Navy, Penn State, and Notre Dame to kind of end the year. Uh, so a bit of an up-and-down season, but here they are sitting at number four. What do you think about that? Yeah, I like it. They've always been a scrappy team. They obviously beat us in 2019 in that bowl game they're led by right now fly half wesley chiromo who really did a lot of damage against us in that bowl game in 2019 he's a tall tall fly half has some wheels and knows what he's doing out there also a player to look out for is alex trura at fullback you know they're a team that's usually very well balanced um throughout they're a chippy hard-working team that aren't going to go away so 
not surprised to see them slot in at number four. Yeah, they have an interesting schedule this year as well. You know, this is one of the earliest teams in the ranking that I'd seen to kind of put out an official schedule. I mean, obviously, it is possible that I missed it. I, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, perfect. But the one that I've seen, they have a tough September, four games in September, playing Mount St. Mary's, who are going to come in at number nine on this list, then Syracuse, and then Navy, and then Army kind of all in a row. And then they're off for a few weeks. They don't play again until October 16th where they kind of finished off with a gauntlet of games against Penn State, Notre Dame College, and Kutztown. So I, I, for me, it's really important that they kind of start strong in September here to set themselves up, then kind of readjust in that long kind of bye weeks layoff in, in October, heading into those really pivotal you know, late-season games against, against the top teams in, in, this, uh, in the NCR, kind of in, in this D1 division that they're playing in. Uh, I mean – so we'll see. I, I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they kind of start out the year. It's, it's going to be tough for most of these teams, Colby, I'd imagine, coming off such a long kind of 15s layoff. Yeah, definitely. I expect to see a lot of rust from these teams. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I think they're pretty much all well coached. So they should, they should be fine when all is said and done. We'll see. We'll check in on the Bonnies in early October and see, you know, how that September treated them. Uh, but number five here to round out the top five in the in the men's rankings, Notre Dame College, not to be confused with University of Notre Dame, down 10th on the list here. But Notre Dame College, who lost kind of their, their probably premier player in Sam Klimkowski to the draft. Uh, the Giltinis took him with the last pick of the first round. And their scrum half from that team also, Mike O'Malley, declared for the MLR draft but wasn't drafted. So losing some senior leadership, Colby, at some pivotal positions for Notre Dame College, but still up here in the top five, kind of looking to to take on some of the top teams. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing Sam play in the MLR, but I think they're a team that um, are going to be interesting to follow. You know, after seeing the likes of Sam go in the MLR draft, we'll see if they were able to attract anybody from the high school level. You know, I know if I'm a player going into college, I'm looking at that and saying, oh, yeah, that's a nice route to take if I want to make it to the MLR. Why not go play at Notre Dame? So we'll see. We'll see what they do this year at the college level. And as we mentioned, kind of in the big container section, they've settled their leadership of the program with uh, Jason Fox, the head coach, taking over as the director of rugby operations. So hopefully that'll bring, you know, some stability. And he's obviously had a lot of success as the head of that men's program. So we'll see if that, you know, kind of can translate onto the field and, and help with their recruiting efforts and, and everything as well. Um but, you know, just to round that out, any thoughts on the, the bottom five here, this top 10, Colby, Dartmouth, Virginia Tech, Queens College, Mount St. Mary's, or the University of Notre Dame? Surprised to see Mount St. Mary's and Dartmouth. I think two teams that are notoriously known for fielding strong seven sides. Um, wasn't too sold or not too sure on their 15s side. So interesting to see them. Um, looking forward to see what they can do at the 15s level with these expectations. Yeah, it's such a uh, you know important memory for me just watching that Dartmouth Sevens with Madison Hughes now captaining kind of the USA Men's Sevens Olympic squad, just ripping it up at Dartmouth. So whatever many years ago now, I can't remember, but um, you're right. You know, some solid Sevens talent at those schools. We'll see. You know how that translates to the the 15th side here. I'm excited. Queens had a lot of guys in that MLR draft as well, so you know they're starting to kind of churn out some 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 really talented rugby players uh, so we'll see if maybe they make a leap up the rankings this year um, as they kind of make a name for themselves yeah did Corey davis was a guy out of queen's university that got drafted by the dallas shackles in the mlr draft so really nice to see uh some representation from that university in the mlr 
looking forward to what they can do at the college level. So those are the top 10 men's D1 rankings in the NCR. Just to kind of quickly run through the women's top 10 for D1. Again, you know, we're missing those D1 elite teams. So you're not going to see the the top, top tier women's teams in this ranking. But for the NCR women's D1 teams, a lot of really talented squads, none possibly more talented than the number one Winona State Black Cats, who have such an interesting story. They have just been rampaging through D2 women's rugby the last few years, maybe five or six years. So last year or two years ago in 2019, they actually played a D1 schedule for the first time because so many D2 teams were just tired of getting absolutely destroyed by them. So not officially a D1 school in 2019, they played a D1 schedule. And guess what? They absolutely tore it up in D1 as well. So you know, they ran through an all-Minnesota tournament to kick off their 2019 season without giving up a single point. Uh, and they scored 40-plus in, the, in every match of that tournament, Some, you know, two of those matches scoring over 50 points. So then they went undefeated the rest of the season as well with a notable win uh, in October coming over Northern Illinois, 116 to nothing. Uh, but then they actually, at the end of that season, reverted back to a D2 playoff schedule for, I much to the chagrin of all those D2 teams, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, no surprise, they ran through that as well. Uh, so they they destroyed everybody in the, in the playoffs. They avenged their loss in the D2 National Championship the year prior uh, by winning the whole thing this time. They beat Coast Guard. They beat the Colorado School of Mines and ended up just taking home the D2 National Championship. So this year, they are ranked number one in this NCR D1 ranking. They'll be playing in, in D1 rugby. And, you know, these top three teams are all kind of in the same area. It's the Winona State Black Cats in, in Minnesota. Then you have University of Northern Iowa coming in at number two. And then Minnesota, University of Minnesota coming in at three. And they're all going to play each other uh, in a tournament called Super Saturday on September 18th this year. It's Winona State, Northern Iowa, as I mentioned, Minnesota, all one, two, three. And then also, for some reason, uh, the poor saps at Iowa State who are going to have to hold on to their hats as they run through this gauntlet. Uh, but it'll be so interesting to see these top three teams from this ranking kind of just go at it to open the season to get rugby back. What a better, like, I can't think of a better way to kick off you know, rugby here in 2021 than to have these three powerhouses just going at it in a tournament. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, the rest of that year in the D1 kind of side of things at Winona. Just great things in store for that program, I'd imagine. Uh, also just excited to see, you know, what happens with Northern Iowa and Minnesota as well. And then to round out that top 10, as I mentioned, you have the Winona State Black Cats at one, University of Northern Iowa at two, Number three is University of Minnesota. Then number four is Bryant. Five is Cincinnati. Six is Clemson. Seven is Pitt. Eight is Cortland. Nine is Kent State. And then 10 is Bowling Green. Um, and then now before we get out of here, just to wrap things up, I want to mention we talked a lot about Iona at the top of the podcast, uh, but College of the Holy Cross, not you know uh, underrepresented here or not left out of these rankings. They are actually the number two team in the men's small college division. Uh, number two, I believe, being one spot higher than number three, uh, which Iona is ranked in the D1 ranking. So uh, we could say probably without you know any sort of uncertainty that College of the Holy Cross is a better program than Iona. And we will wrap things up. Colby not here to defend himself, 
he had to unfortunately drop off the pod to get to his actual day job, which I should have done a long time ago as well. But someone had to steer the ship home for you guys. Um, so that's why I waited till he was gone to mention the fact that Holy Cross, again, better than Iona. You heard it here on the pod. So those are the top 10 rankings uh, on the men's and women's side for D1 and the NCR. We're going to have a lot more of this awesome content coming to you guys as we gear up for the college season. You know, we talked a lot at the top about kind of the confusing state of governance for these college programs. We want next week to have a couple shows breaking things down for you guys. Maybe you're new to the sport. Maybe you have loved college rugby forever, but haven't given a crap about how it's run. Uh, we're going to try and get some people in to to explain the college rugby landscape to everybody and break things down for our benefit as well. Cause you know, it's something that takes a lot of unraveling to kind of figure out. So we're going to have that coming up for you as well. Hopefully more schedules are going to start coming out as well. We can start circling some games uh, on the calendar and seeing you know what we should be paying attention to. And uh, yeah, again, we're just going to have some previews of that season. Everything is kind of ramping up in September. So we're going to start having some actual college rugby coming up soon. So you're going to want to be here with Colby and myself. We're going to have it all for you. We're going to take it. We're going to take you through it. The, the drink up college rugby pod subscribe rate review talk to us on twitter at the drink up blog uh, our individuals uh, c marshall 2 or lanning zach you know just just hit us up ask us questions tell us what you're interested in tell us teams we should be looking out for players we should be looking out for just give us a give us a shout we are both uh, open super friendly guys so um you know reach out again and yeah right you know like uh, subscribe rate review the pod and we will see you guys uh, next time. So again, keep tuning in. And thanks a lot for listening. Go Satyrs!